0: And welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Matt Solomon, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Jared Marsh. So Jared is the head of performance at Kaiser Chiefs, which is an elite level football club in South Africa. During his time at the Kaiser Chiefs, he's had to improve the nutrition of players, including using supplements to get the best out of them on every single day, which makes him the perfect guest today to discuss how you can use supplements to improve your sporting performance. So, without further ado, it's time to welcome Jared onto the show. So, Jared, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here.
1: Yeah, Matt, thanks very much for the opportunity. I'm, I'm excited to be here and uh, excited to chat about the topic.
0: Absolutely excellent. So, before we kick off, can you give us a quick update as to who you are and what you've been up to until now?
1: 100%. So,
0: uh,
1: I'm actually trained and educated as a, a rehabilitation specialist, and, and I've held the position of head of performance at one of Africa's biggest football clubs for the last seven years. Uh, and over the last couple of years, I've I've basically developed this keen interest in in supporting areas that we would kind of define as being behind the curtain, and uh, those being nutrition and, and wearable tech. And I'm hoping that through my experience and knowledge, and a bit of a kruger curve there, but basically hoping that my experience and knowledge can help educate the coaches of tomorrow and help develop uh, the athletes of the future.
0: And uh, you're about to kick off the season as well with uh, with the Kaiser Chiefs, right?
1: Yep, 100%. We're going into our our second round of fixtures, uh, starting off with the cup game this coming weekend. So it's uh, it's all systems go on our end.
0: Absolutely. Excellent. If we don't name this podcast, I Predict a Diet, then uh, we've missed a trick there somewhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, right, in terms of the uh, the supplement world, right, obviously that's a, that's a really vague and sometimes mysterious world, just to know exactly what's in there and whether it works, all that kind of stuff. So... When we're looking at sports supplements, what's the difference between something which is then a supplement and something which is then considered as doping?
1: So basically, sports supplements are, are what we would define as, as ergogenic aids. And, and to put it plainly, uh, an ergogenic aid is, is broadly defined as a technique or substance that we would use uh, to enhance performance. And, and that comes in uh, a different uh, kind of ways. It's either nutritional, it's pharmacological it's physiological or it's psychological aids. Um, So to give you a a, a basic uh, example of that, a a safe version of that would be something that we all know as carbo loading that we would do a day or two days before an endurance event. And an unsafe version of that would be something like blood doping or or use of steroids. Uh, So these sports supplements are are banded as ergogenic aids, obviously through the nutritional and psychological benefit. Um, And basically, these supplements can give an athlete uh, or athletes the ability to improve their performance physically or physiologically uh, in training and competition. And um, yeah, basically that's what we would define as as a sports supplement. Doping on the other end is uh, something that we would do that doesn't fit into that that same role. Uh, we would define it as something that's potentially unsafe. And again, that comes through use of of blood doping, steroid use, uh, uh, recreational drug use, and um, yeah, there's a there's a a vastly big difference between what the general population would take uh, as sports supplements and yeah
0: basically you're, you're doping. Um, when it comes to those supplements then is there is there a risk of contamination because there's been a lot of stories obviously with uh, certain supplements getting onto the market and they work really well or well, yeah they worked really well unfortunately because someone decided to put some stuff in there that shouldn't be in there. Um, so how, how do we then know that sports supplements aren't yeah, laced with certain substances which you shouldn't have.
1: Yeah, so look, I mean, cross contamination uh, can happen anywhere, right? So if you if you go to the supermarket and you pick up any product, you'll see on the back there's a warning that that this product may contain dairy or nuts or, or any other kind of um, food group, and that's just a, a general warning that this factory that produces this product also uh, produces products that contain other groups that maybe aren't a, a prime ingredient, and the same way. Uh, supplements are produced they're produced in a factory uh, and you never know what's being produced in that factory apart from the supplement that you're buying so if you're if you're walking into um, a shop and you're buying a protein for example we don't know is it just protein in there or is there potentially a a contaminant and um, basically that's where uh, systems like informed sport and informed choice uh, were developed to make sure that these products are being tested and screened, and are what we would call low-risk products coming
0: uh, going forward into the market. So, in terms of then recommendations for athletes, uh, if you are in a sport which is then a professional sport and you're being tested, uh, they need to to find these labels and make sure that they're tested.
1: One hundred percent. So, uh, the group basically informs sport uh, what that means, and you'll you'll see a logo. It's a nice. Uh, big gold and, and black logo that's that's printed onto the side of these uh, these screened products. That product has been safely checked for any kind of cross-contaminant. Um, again, there's there's never a 100% guarantee on products being safe. But through processes like Informed Sport, we know that that product has been checked in a number of ways, um, and that's through batch testing on every single product that gets released. Uh, Informed Sport has also released um, Informed Choice, which is basically – um checking products that have been released to the market there's informed manufacturers so basically screening of the facilities that that these products are being produced in and informed ingredients so basically the base product that's that's being used so whether it's um it's protein powders or it's some kind of ingredient that's going into a product those individual ingredients are being checked as well so you're basically getting a a a collection of techniques that are being used to make sure that products are are as safe as possible Um, and basically, if you if you're getting a product that's informed, sport approved, then you know that that's going to be the safest product that you can use.
0: Cool. So we've got then we know we know that our supplements are then tested effectively and they're, they're safe to use. Um, yep. And we know that then there's a difference between that and doping. So what are the advantages then to to taking these supplements?
1: Well, look, I mean, research has shown us that um, supplements can can help us in a number of ways um so they can increase for example resistance to fatigue uh, and they can help improve muscular power endurance uh reaction time cognitive performance um sleep quality the the list is endless basically and the amount of researchers out there to have proved that these supplements can have a positive effect on our performance uh, in a number of different ways is there's a mountain of it um so we know that these products do help um and again it's through through structures like water, we know which products are safe uh, and which ones that we can take. And um, basically, through water, we we gain guidance as to what we can take safely. That's going to uh, improve our
0: performance at the end of the day. And then when we've got the the advantages, so okay, we can improve performance. That's brilliant, um, and we can do that legally and potentially as well with low risk. But what are yeah. then the disadvantages? Because obviously with every every uh, advantage, there comes some kind of disadvantage as well. So what, what are the downsides to that?
1: Yeah, so obviously within within the sporting supplement market itself, the sporting supplement, uh, itself, sporting supplement uh, ecosystem, um, it depends. It depends basically what your needs are as an athlete, what are your goals as an athlete. Um, you know, if, if for example, um, if you're trying to, uh, drop a couple kilos for a competition that's coming up if you're if you're a boxer for example uh, you know you're not going to start taking um, something like creatine that may negatively impact your, your water retention as an example um, there are sometimes downsides to taking certain products but in general most sports supplements are, are going to be safe uh, but again with anything there's always going to be a risk but i think where the risk inherently comes from is using uh, products that maybe have banned substances in them uh, or using substances uh, that may improve your performance but aren't approved through water i think that's that's your biggest inherent risk uh, with using supplements these days
0: and in terms of then um like throwing money away uh, are there are there lots of supplements which are kind of marketed without real evidence behind them are there because obviously we can all go on uh, any kind of supplement page and we'll see thousands of different things going on um like i could spend a year's salary on different supplements, but it might not make me into the best athlete in the world. So um, yeah, how, how many of these things really work and how many are just really good ma- uh, marketing?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, so uh, a way I like to describe things to, to athletes is if you go into a supermarket and you pick up uh, a brand of tomato soup and you pick up a separate brand of also plain tomato soup and you look at it, you'll think this is the same product at the end of the day. Uh, but if you look at the ingredients on the back end and the quantities involved uh, with those ingredients within the manufacturing of that product, they'll be vastly different, and that that creates uh, differences like taste, texture, and and so on. So basically, if you go into any kind of store and you pick out a a protein supplement, for example, you'll think, well, this is exactly the same thing as as the bottle that's next to it, and sometimes it's not. So you can be buying what we would deem an inferior protein. Um, so a protein that you'd require maybe four scoops to use, as opposed to another product where you might require two scoops to get the same kind of protein content. Um, so that you, you can waste money heavily on on buying products that maybe are marketed very well, but the ingredients and the quality of the ingredients may be inferior.
0: And then when we come to, to supplements which then do work and that they are then the, the top end of that range, uh, what are your then go-to supplements? What are the things which you think that people um, should be using with strong evidence which could improve their performance easily?
1: So we like to take things slow when we, we start with education of coaches and athletes, and we, we like to get the basics done first. And how we do that is we reinforce th- through Three different products or, or um, groups of, of supplements, sport supplements, and those are going to be your your proteins. So that could be broken down into your whey protein or casein protein. And then obviously looking at creatine, um, although that's a little bit more age specific, it's individualized as, as to um, the athlete's needs and and what their goals are. And then the other product that we would normally try and reinforce, which is readily available, would be caffeine, and that can come through the form of of a caffeine gel. Uh, caffeine gum or just a normal double espresso before competition so by reinforcing those three kind of baseline products uh, we can create habit and trend and uh, and and see how those affect an an athlete's performance and if we see positive um, outcomes in terms of performance and and education understanding from the, the athlete and coach then we can start branching into more advanced products as well
0: and obviously protein is a is a very clear one right like we Pretty much all understand what protein does and why it's important. Um, caffeine is also very well known because we use it to, to stay alive and uh, complete our work. If you're like me, um, but, uh, creatine, yep. then some, some people might not know exactly what that does and, and how it can improve their performance. So can you give us a little, yeah, a little whistle stop tour of creatine and what it can do for you? Yeah. So
1: basically, again, creatine is just a, a product that we would add to, um, maybe a, a pre-exercise drink. We would How we normally describe it is a loading phase that you would normally take it to increase the amount of, of creatine available within, within your body uh, for about a week. And then you take that throughout the next couple of weeks onward. And, and what creatine basically does inherently is it increases your, your muscular strength and uh, resistance to muscle fatigue or exhaustion. It can help with things like power output, um, uh, repeated sprintability, um, sprint speed. And um, it's a really available product uh, naturally comes to the form of, of maybe red meat um, but obviously in a in a very uh, minute amount so by using creatine as an external product or, or sports supplement we can increase the amount that's in your body and obviously then increase the performance of, of the muscle itself
0: i think that's uh, that's really good to know and, and super important for a lot of people who might want to consider those top three uh, supplements that you mentioned um, when we're looking at younger athletes, is there a difference in, in what they could and should be doing compared to older athletes? Because I can imagine that you're not advising 12 year old athletes to, uh, take creatine and protein all the time. Um, so how does that advice differ from maybe the, the top end professionals compared to some youth athletes who may still need to, to develop and, uh, learn a little bit about nutrition?
1: So I think you just mentioned that there is, is nutrition is, is at the forefront um your your sports supplement range or market right is geared towards improving performance of your of your high-end athletes or your recreational athletes but what comes first is is nutrition so as a as a youth athlete or a development athlete um you need to basically get your 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 nutrition in check make sure you're having your structured meals uh, make sure your hydration's on point your sleep is on point Where sports supplements come in is they reinforce or they support your baseline nutrition and and habitual um, factors. So, you know, coming in and taking a protein supplement isn't going to fix your ability to to lift heavier. It's not going to necessarily impact your your sleep quality if you're not getting enough sleep every night and if you're staying up late every night. So when it comes to youth athletes, we always reinforce uh, nutrition as a primary um, focus first. And then, basically, once an athlete has turned 18 or older, we'll start to to introduce sports supplements and um, and discussions around sports supplements.
0: I think that's uh, some really interesting advice for for the younger athletes as well. Um, and important stuff because obviously, yeah, if you jump the gun there and uh, and you're starting to to do things incorrectly or without the right support, then that could lead to some uh, some issues. And when when you take them the those higher end athletes, the 18 pluses. Um, let's say you're going to take an 18-year-old who's just new to that whole world. Everything is in order. So you've got like the, the nutrition is in order, the sleep is in order. All of that stuff is sorted. How can an athlete like that know whether supplements work for them and how can they then test that?
1: So what we would normally like to do is is as a baseline with every athlete that that comes to us or has an open discussion around sports supplements and, and what they should take or what they shouldn't take and um, what's beneficial for them is we do a needs analysis. So what is the goal of that athlete? Uh, what is their current training like? Um, are they more endurance-based? Are they strength-based? Are they team sport on field? Um, are they more aquatic? So it depends on the needs analysis of, of what their training uh, content is like and, and training load and volume. And then beyond that, as with anything we like to reinforce with uh, the, an expert. So we'll always try and refer an athlete to a nutritionist or sports dietitian just so they have that basic understanding of, all right, well, this is what I'm currently doing from breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, for example, every day, and this is what I need to do to make sure that I'm recovering better, I'm performing better, and I'm and I'm I'm reaching my my goals and my targets. So, um, I think bringing in an, a professional to have that discussion is important. Um, we've done that a number of times, and we refer most of our athletes to these professionals. Um, but I think that's a a key factor in understanding: is this going to work for you? Or is it not going to work for you? Unfortunately, not everyone has access to those kind of professionals. So it is a bit of a trial and error um, kind of exercise. But at the end of the day, most of your your sports supplements out there aren't harmful in nature. Um, and especially if you're going for products that are informed, sport, accredited, uh, you know that those products are generally going to be helpful. And sometimes it's about seeing what's out there, self-discovery, accessing information that, that's, um, that's on the Internet. And um and then basically see what works for you from there if you don't have access to these professionals.
0: So you mentioned it already a little bit, but um, there's obviously a lot of athletes who are out there who, who don't have a nutritionist and don't have access to those high-level professionals. What can those people do to start learning about different supplements and learning about how they can fuel their bodies better?
1: So, you know, baseline, um, the incident is a fantastic place in the sense that you can generally find anything on there. Um, so the advice would be to obviously try and research, um, the different kind of products that you might be interested in. So, for example, if someone, if a coach or, or a parent or, or someone might say, look, maybe you should be taking kind of protein to help your recovery or improve your performance. That's fantastic. But what kind of protein? Because there's, there's a number of different ones. Um, and there's enough research out there that's really available on, on sites like, uh, PubMed, for example, that you can easily access, uh, have an open access, uh, platform. And uh, you can do a little bit of light reading on there um otherwise you know you can do some short courses on sites such as Science for Sport, where you can access more information on nutrition and, and how to structure your nutrition um a little bit more more uh successfully uh and apart from that you know there's there's resources out there that help with education um around anti-doping for example so if anyone jumps onto the the World Anti-Doping Association or what a website they can find a, a great informative um program called adele which is their anti-doping education and learning platform which i think they launched in about 2018 and again that looks around educational solutions for athletes coaches medical professionals uh, anti-doping professionals and and basically informs them as to why they should be keeping the sport
0: clean some uh, some excellent starting points that people need to go and uh, take that next step so uh jared massive thanks for your time and hard work today i really appreciate it and i look forward to speaking soon
1: yep matt thanks again for the opportunity and uh yeah we'll chat soon hopefully about uh
0: nutrition in the future thank you very much buddy cheers cheers man and that's it once again a massive thanks to jared for all of his hard work on today's podcast i really appreciate it and i'm sure you do at home too Before you leave, i want to point you in the direction of the Coach Academy. The Coach Academy is a series of lectures broken down into bite-sized chunks. So if you've not got your seven-day free trial already, you can do that by hitting the link in the show notes in just a few seconds' time. In there, you will find a range of lectures, including loads on nutrition. So if this has piqued your interest today, get yourself in there completely for free. And of course, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, I would really appreciate it if you can give us a like and a share on social media, but also if you could share the podcast, with any coach, athlete, or colleague who you think might benefit. That means that we can keep spreading the good word of the podcast, but also that you can help out your friends and colleagues. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.